Hello, no holds barred witchcraft fans. You must be a fan if you're listening to us. Because this is the No Holds Barred Witchcraft Podcast. And every week my intro gets slightly more creepy. So, Chris, do you have any strings to hold you down? Will you be going all the way on this podcast? Because this podcast episode, continuing along the secret occult crap within like Disney and stuff, (laughs) series that we're doing, we're talking about Pinocchio. Yeah. And that's not what the air episode's called, by the way. Not a real boy. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> Am I a real boy? <laughs> well, not until you're not until. Oh no, that's a man, isn't it? Not until I was going to say not until your voice drops, but that's a man. <laughs> Am I a real boy? <laughs> <laughs> you are now. Well done, my son. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So the whole idea is we were going to try and cover some of the uh, occulty kind of practices in the back of. In the back of that sounds really bad. Uh, in the undertones of Disney, or not so undertones, blatantly obvious, uh, in some of the Disney shows. So we've done. Oh, what did we do? Snow White. We did Snow White. So this time's yeah. Pinocchio. So what do you want to talk about when it comes to Pinocchio? Because we'll squeeze a little bit of magical practice in with it. Sure. Well, I suppose the uh, the obvious one is talking about what Pinocchio is. So Pinocchio, a wooden puppet who comes alive thanks to some blue fairy. It already sounds like a bad a bad trip, doesn't it? I always get my blue fairy mixed up with my green fairy. Oh, okay. You, I think you should have that looked at. <laughs> <laughs> It went blue and then it went green. <laughs> I think you should have it checked. Um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, like the blue, yeah, blue fairy, green fairy is absinthe. Blue fairy, yeah. blue fairy is the sweet one that makes him a real boy. So, do you want to go over quickly the storyline, or are we just going to assume everyone knows the story of Pinocchio? I suppose we can. How would how would you slim it down? I guess. Um, Geppetto. Well, you've got a lonely old man, <laughs> some lonely old codger, and he hasn't got any children. So he, he makes kind one. Of wishes upon the goddess Sarah, <laughs> <laughs> wishes upon a star to make this puppet that he's made come to life. And the star, which is assumedly, uh, I'm assuming that the star is the blue fairy. Yeah. Um, this magical, mysterious entity Wake. appears and with a wave of her wand Wakes the puppet up. makes him alive. But the interesting thing is that although he's alive, he's not a real boy. So does that mean that he's not a real boy because he's just a living piece of wood and that he'll be made flesh if he completes the task at hand? It's... Or is it that He's not a real boy because obviously all real boys don't tell lies. Because I I never used to tell lies when (laughs) I was a boy. Well, it's a moral parable, but I think it's another one of those that's kind of hero story kind of ones, isn't it? Where 
he can only he can only be real or reach his true potential uh you know if he proves himself uh, and for, by not telling lies by not telling and lies being honest, being honest and, and moral yeah in a world which going by the storyline of pinocchio is a pretty fucked up world you did it again it's just evil people you what? did it again with the f-bombs that's the first i've said this episode this episode yeah but obviously i hear a lot more of those prior to this one and you're already you dropping know you can them. Just breathe. Just just breathe over it. I'm sure no one listened. We'll, 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 you know, you know. I like to say f every now and then. I mean, at least I didn't say. F-. Apologies, everybody. Um. Okay. Let's move on back to the actual topic. What have I told you about feeding trolls? So back to the story. Don't do it. Back to the story. So Pinocchio. Yeah. Then then goes. Where he's not supposed to go, follows a load of boys to a, a to a pleasure beach. <laughs> that looks <laughs> pleasure island. <laughs> that looks looks a bit like Blackpool, um, where they're actually all being turned into um, donkeys, jackasses, whatever you want to call them, in a very kind of Circe esque way. We'll get back to that in a bit. Um, and then he has to prove, you know, he proves he's a good boy after. And then he becomes becomes a real boy. He makes a few mistakes, and when he tells lies, his nose grows long. Yeah. So I think I think everybody else knows the details beyond that. But if you, I can't believe anybody's never heard of Pinocchio. But go on. So where do you want to start? Um, I don't know. I suppose what is the overarching theme? Is it that? Let's make something up that sounds clever and esoteric quickly. <laughs> um, is it that Pinocchio is the initiate? And that sounds really cool, isn't it? If I refer to someone's initiate, let's go for like some sort of creepy, <laughs> like cool esoteric story. So I would imagine that Pinocchio is the initiate and um, the blue fairy is like the high priestess style rider weight kind of yeah. entity thing and he's got to prove himself to become worthy to ascend otherwise he'll just get when he dies burnt as a pile of wood okay so does that mean that pinocchio is telling you the secrets of mastering death or am i just reading into that too much possibly possibly because actually, he's going for life, isn't he? Um, yeah, but like people that like esoteric and occult breakdowns of Disney, they want to be obsessed with either aliens. Yes. Because they don't. It doesn't matter what the question is; the answer is always aliens. Or the blue. Or they want. Or the blue fairy. Of, or the blue fairy. <laughs> or the blue fairy, of course, is an alien. Pinocchio is an alien. <laughs> um. Either that or they're robot aliens, like in, um, uh, what is what, it? Westworld? No, uh, Sweet Transvestite. Oh, okay. Rocky, Rocky Horror. Horror Picture Show. Yeah, they're not, ju- they're not just aliens, they're robot aliens. Okay, okay. <laughs> anyway, we're getting off topic. I was going to say, somehow, <laughs> so how do we get from... Stop taking this off topic. <laughs> how, do we get from, how do you get from Pinocchio to robot aliens from a transvestite world? 
I don't know, but maybe we should do a Rocky Horror one at some point. We that might, would be we, pretty cool. We may have to. And I tell you what, we'll do that episode on the Green Fairy. Okay. And I don't mean doing one about the Green Fairy. <laughs> I mean drink Green Fairy whilst we do that episode. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, I, I, well, I can kind of get what you're trying to go for there. Um, But, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. It's one of those, like all of them, the moral stories, aren't they, where... Everybody's supposed to be good and obedient and, you know, so he cuts his strings, go off, misbehave, turn into an ass, then obviously has to prove himself because, you know, Geppetto's gone looking for him, got himself in. Yeah. Then there's a Jonah in the Whale episode, part of it, which never makes any sense to me. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't quite get how that fits into the story myself, how Jonah and the Whale kind of slipped itself in. I don't know. Maybe it's just supposed to be a mashup of different kind of Christian parables. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But I suppose the a big. It's basically an inanimate object that you've got that looks somewhat human, like a doll or a puppet, and then you something is bringing it to life and breathing life into it. So is that kind of you want to go down the haunted doll type route? Or do you want to go down the kind of egregore, tulpa... Gollum. Um, Gollum, yeah. Not Gollum as in Lord of the Rings. My precious! Yes! No. Gollum, but Gollum as in, like, the Jewish, Jewish Gollum. Jewish Gollum. Yeah. I, I, das Gollum! <laughs> das Gollum. <laughs> how, how does... What? How is that even remotely Jewish? I think that's kind of the opposite of it, actually. <laughs> no, I, I can't Which is very Disney, I but that. I don't think we should go there it, either. It, I, I watched this really strange... I watched, I watched this strange thing once. I presumed I watched it and I wasn't just dreaming. But basically it was about these Jewish mystics who created a golem during World War II to kill Nazis and protect them from Nazis. Okay. And, and it was just these Nazi officers would just go, no, that's gone on, and then run away and then get killed by this giant clay man. But anyway, we're going off topic again. You keep bringing us off no, topic. No, you, you just wanted to talk about Walt Disney and his... his uh... What, that he was a Nazi? That he was a Nazi. I, think so. <laughs> I think that's what you're trying to do to me. You're, trying, you're setting me up to go and say shit like that. No. No, if you want me to set you up, I'll set you up. No, let's... How does one breathe life into an inanimate object? So if <laughs> I was to make a wooden doll, how would you bring that to life? Oh, that, that really is setting me up. Why would you do that to me? Well, for a start, do you think it's possible? Of course it's possible. And have you ever done it? In this life or any <laughs> other? Not in this one. And at least I don't think I have. I put other things in wood. But I'm, I don't like dolls. They tend to creep me out. You know how I feel about those. Especially those proper French marionette kind of types, which I imagine is what he was. Um, yeah, he was a marionette. Wasn't yeah, he? so you're kind of like, oh, no, they're, they're well creepy. Not not interested in that. Um, but, yeah, breathing breathing life into wood is... Oh, in one part, it's... Oh, dear. What's he about to do? I've set himself, I've set him off Sorry, now. you were talking about breathing life into wood. Oh, my God. And I got distracted. <laughs> How very juvenile of you. What do you mean? Is that when we now start to talk about his wooden nose growing? 
when he tells lies. Like, come on, come on, Liam. This is for this is for uh, this is for the this Patreon, is for our fans. <laughs> this is this is for after the watershed. Come on, you were explaining how to breathe life into a puppet or other inanimate object. I'd really like one of those clogs, clogsworth, clogsworths from um, Beauty and the Beast. Of you know, the little want, clock. Of man. course, you'd want another I really clock. Want one. Oh, oh he's brilliant! Just... I love him. But would it would? How does one go about doing it, Chris? Tell me, Super Witch. No, uh, you get called Super Witch. I'm not the Super Witch. I'm I'm the one that defends the Super Witch. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like the Super Witch's super assistant. Super assistant, yeah. Um. Okay. Or supervisor. Supervisor trying to control you. Um. Yeah. So I kind. You're like my handler. <sighs> Or, or is it my carer? <laughs> yeah, carer's probably the better phrase. <laughs> anyway, we're off topic again. This is supposed to be one of the serious ones, and you're not making it very serious. Okay, breathe live into a doll. How do you do it? Go. Go. You do it then. You're that clever. No, because I asked you. No. So with golems... I'm supposed to be the host, hence why I do the creepy intro. And I ask you the questions, you answer the questions, and then I pretend like I knew it the whole whole time. Um, gone. <laughs> well, they work. They work on the same principle. With Gollum, obviously, it's a magical word stuffed within. Stuffed within. Grow up, you child. <laughs> stuffed within a big clay man. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, oh. whereas what what um, what Pinocchio is probably toying more with is that kind of uh, welcoming a nature spirit directly into a living vessel. Living vessel being because the wood um, obviously will still retain some of its natural essence even when it's cut down. Ah, so you're saying the blue fairy cheated and she just stuck some of her spirit in the doll. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. making one. Is that because she's a demiurge? <laughs> she can't make the real thing, only just manipulate it. I would say so. Okay. That blue fairy ain't all she's cracked uh, up to be, that's what you're saying. I'm saying she's a cheat. She's a cheat. Oh. Um, Because the fairies are already bad at that, aren't they? Or, or that's she, a scarier one. What if Pinocchio is a changeling in a wooden box? How do you feel about that? Poor Pinocchio. Poor Pinocchio. I don't know. I, I find Pinocchio quite sweet, and I think changelings can be quite sweet, but also there's a little bit of a creepier vibe about changelings. Yeah, but the Blue Fairy put it in. So, you I know, suppose. with a alien, alien blue face. I think that blue fairy's working some magic on me because I can't quite remember whether you've answered the question. <laughs> Listeners, has he answered the question? What do you want me to say, Liam? Because I think I... Well, I want you to say how you would breathe life into a doll <laughs> or a, a marionette puppet. Okay. Because I... I get lonely. Winter's coming. Don't <laughs> get lonely on these on these cold, lonely nights. What? Just in case he doesn't it doesn't please you, and therefore you can just throw him on as firewood. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not that nasty. I wouldn't throw okay. Pinocchio on as firewood. 
it depends on what level you want to do it. The easiest way would be to start with the creation of an homoculus or something like that, thought form, um, and then giving it a place to live. And the place to live would be the wood. The nice thing about using wood is obviously that because it was once living, it is designed for holding um, a living energy. Very different to trying to put something into stone, for example, um, because although although they have um, prism-like experience of how they can hold energy, it's very different to actually seating potentially. It depends. I'm going down an animism kind of route, and it depends. Yeah. It depends on what you're planning on actually getting me to say. So with with. Well, okay, so that's interesting if you're taking an animism route. So with animism, obviously, it's the belief that there is a spirit within everything. So if you've got something that's naturally occurring like wood, yeah, that's already got life to it in a spirit, is there a difference with that and a synthetic thing? So, for example, if you wanted to breathe life into a doll and you made a marionette doll out of pine wood or something like that, would it be easier to breathe life into that? Or if I went and got one of those thousand pound dolls from dollsclub.com, not a sponsor of ours, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> to keep me, uh, you know, warm on these cold winter nights, would it be easier to put it into the pine wood or into one of these silicon dolls? <laughs> At the end of the day, it will still hold an energy. It all comes down to um, what it's capable of, of capable of holding. My what I'm what I'm trying to say is whether or not you're actually using the original spirit of of the yeah. living. I'm not talking necessarily about that. The easy part would be to it's already ha what I mean is it's already held a spirit, and therefore putting a new one in its its dead body is is an easier process in some ways um because it's already pre-programmed in order to live to grow to change um so in that aspect it's it seems similar um well would you be breathing life into it though because i think a lot i think mostly people would be thinking in terms of with a spirit if you are going down an animistic route or not an animistic route then it's sentience, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. If the wood's already got a spirit in, then that's probably not going to be good enough for the average person. They want something that they can interact with. That you know, Pinocchio wants to be a real boy, and he's able to move around, you know, move about and stuff. So it's kind of how would you go about doing that? Because Pinocchio was basically, if you can say, designed to keep um well, it was basically supposed to be to keep the old man company want um a son essentially is why he wanted a kid yeah so you know you're talking about companionship that kind of thing whereas when you're talking about egregore creation and spirit creation normally you're talking about them being a servitor and aid something that you make breathe life into to serve you to do something very specific a specific job so really, I think it's kind of a case of the differences in approach for something like that and the complexity 
if you're trying to create another human but one made out of wood, then that's going to be a lot difficult or a lot more difficult than creating a servitor and having that live within. Exactly. But mainly, be mainly because there's the limit, the generalized limitation that comes with servitors on Oculus is that the whole point that it's not necessarily supposed to grow outside of its balance, where, you yeah. know, outside of its purpose. Whereas, so the question is really whether or not Pinocchio is fulfilling its purpose. And that's the whole point of one. Is that she's programmed it in order to become a real boy when it's pro when it's reached um, a maturity and by that being um, is able to the, the the part of me that makes it think that maybe it's a converted nature spirit part that makes me want to go down that kind of route when talking about Pinocchio is the fact that it has it has that very kind of Greek dryad kind of behavior about it the going you know, the running around and wanting to drink beer and smoke cigars and um, and, and make a general ass of themselves, um, like it was in that in um, Pleasure Island or whatever it was called, uh, is is that that is very kind of fawn behaviour, isn't it, or kind of that um, nature spirit kind of feel to that kind of wildness for lack of a better phrase, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, it really depends on what you're trying to achieve, I guess. Obviously, with that, he wants... He wants... He wishes he hard enough... He wants a kid. He wants a kid. He wants a kid. The potential result of that is that if he didn't learn and didn't turn into a real boy, then essentially what he's got is a permanent child. And a kind of immortal child, hasn't he, in that sense? Like from the, uh, what is it, um, Interview with a Vampire, that yeah. film, where they make a vampire child and she never grows up. Which is potentially what they would have got if he didn't become a real boy, you know? Yeah. Like, it does have the potential to have gone that way, if you were comparing, like... But that comes down to a question of morality and soul doesn't it uh, I don't know I don't know how I feel about that one it's interesting because imagine you substituted if you're talking about animism mm. now artificial intelligence is becoming more and more advanced imagine a toy manufacturer much like if you ever watch that film AI where they have that robot bear yeah um, imagine if they made if Disney in the year 20 50 or something like that made a robot Pinocchio for a child that's basically a child's toy that's a companion for that child and behaves and walks and talks imagine as a witch or magician or magical practitioner breathing life into that yeah the connotations of that it's, it's one of those things it's like I said what is the point of wanting to create something that is going to learn to that extent, which is, like I say, is the odd part if you compare them to a servitor or a, uh, an egregore or anything like that, where it's not designed to outgrow its purpose. Whereas if you're putting something, like you say, that has this kind of AI capacity of learning and growing and becoming its own thing, 
I don't know, is is that more dangerous? Well, I think I think the average listener would think of it in terms of because obviously when we're talking about creating spirits, you're normally talking about spirits and spirit forms. So the doll or the puppet or whatever you're housing that in isn't going to move around the room. No. The spirit can, and it can in spirit form, but it's not actually going to jump up out of its box and start moving around the room. Whereas, if you're talking about creating something with the capacity of doing that, you know, it would take a very, very, very advanced practitioner because that means rewriting the laws of physics, essentially, yes. in order to make that happen, which I'm not saying isn't possible, but I think that goes into um, realms outside of the scope of what we're normally used to dealing with on this podcast. So we'll leave it there. Yeah. Um, yeah. However, if you're talking about the idea of homoculus, so you're talking about taking a living thing and as it's growing manipulating it to the point that it's actually become a new thing and that's a scary thing that psychologists can deal with yeah sometimes when it comes to um you know children experiments being done on children as they've developed to try and tinker around with them that kind of thing the Um, nature nurture principles yeah, that that's that sort of thing. But it's from a obviously magical practitioners have been doing that for a very, very long time. And there are reasons for why someone would do that. Most common the reasons I see is because it's an experiment. Well yeah. I think when well, it shit. comes to servitors and spirits like that, then you're either gonna work with a spirit that's already in existence or you're going to want to create one for a very very specific purpose whereas homoculus type style things seems more like mad scientist yeah but you're still it's still parameters though isn't it it's that limit of you're not wanting it to progress necessarily behind beyond you whereas like what you said at the beginning with the potential of is it the birth of a a deity or or something like that it's um ascension that is starting to then kind of go to beyond um again probably beyond the scope of no holds barred but it you know you have the potential there of would you want would you go in that route in order to create a god you get a lot of it particularly um you know sewing teeth and uh, humans being born you know kind of greek stories like that um you you always have that kind of going from the organic yeah they're never it's never in a position where you kind of breathe life into stone it's very rare that that is part of the story you know part of the so I don't know how how possible is that suggesting, as in within within the current laws of physics is what I'm talking about. Yeah, well I'm not entirely sure how many people have attempted to do that. I mean we come across egregores and stuff like that all the time, and you will find spirits attached to dolls and puppets that will be able to move the doll about i mean look at that annabelle doll from warren's exhibit that was said to have been you know a spirit attached to it can move it about and change location but it's not like 
um, a robot dog or something like that, which actually moves around in front of you and talks to you and stuff yeah. like that, like Pinocchio does. So that's different again. What about the wishing upon a star? Because, of course, that's kind of an evocation, isn't it? Do yeah. you think that he wished upon the star and expected it to work? Why do you think that that did work and what are the parallels? Because, of course, he obviously was a sad, lonely old man and he must have put a lot of emotion into that wish. Yeah, you've got you've got one of those... Because is intention everything, Chris? Isn't that what they say? Intention is everything? Don't. We've got is, one minute left. It's <laughs> yeah, we're not going to be able to. It would that. be sad to leave it on intention, isn't everything? No. <laughs> it's what well, it's in this. In this, it's a petition, isn't it? In that, yeah. it's a situation you are asking someone else to provide both the power uh, and the focus of the means beyond the intention that they've put in. So actually, the work's not being done necessarily by Geppetto, other than creating the vessel itself. The rest of the work is being necessarily done by um, the Blue Fairy, you know, which, yeah. like I said, goes down that kind of fae she route because um, they always love to depict those as blue, don't they, and strange colours. Um, but, yeah, no, I think a large part of it is his, his wish, his desire is there, whether or not I would call that necessary intention Intention mm. suggests that he actually knows what he's doing. Um, right. Well, I'm going to have to cut you off there because we are now about to end the normal podcast. So goodbye, everyone. Join you on the Patreon if we're hoping to. Well, they should be listening now on the Patreon. So if you can listen on the Patreon, then we'll start talking about some slightly deeper stuff, maybe. But yeah, sorry, yeah. finish your point. If you remember what it was, still. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, the point the point was how much of the work is actually Geppetto doing? The majority of the work. Well, not on a lot of it. Only the physical no. stuff. All he's doing is create a vessel. But what actually does he is he even aware of actually what would he actually used and um, that the vessel was appropriate? Like when he, the original he, story. He didn't, he didn't wish for the 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 doll to come alive he wished for a, a boy like you know wished for something he couldn't have without a partner like you know yeah i think in the original story someone chops up some wood and the wood cries out help yeah. and then the person who chop was chopping that wood up thinks oh this wood's alive, I better give it to someone that can help it. So then that's then passed to Geppetto. Yeah. It then carves it into something. And then, you know, so that's very animistic in the original, isn't it? Yeah, that is very animistic. So that suggests, mm -hmm. that suggests that there is already a spirit in, at which point you kind of like, surely that spirit would be at more maturity level, in theory. Than well, maybe, yeah. Than necessarily... Yeah. A child, which yeah, that's 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 just. I mean, imagine how many times this happened, and this one psychic tree surgeon comes along, yeah. who chose the wrong profession, yeah, <laughs> and takes the tree home, not knowing what to so, do with it. 
Yeah, so obviously he wishes upon a star and then essentially something's listening. Now you can draw a lot of parallels between stars, star constellations, planets and deities and spirits associated with those. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the evocation and stuff like that, because how many times do you think that people do make wishes upon stars? I mean, you get the idea of the kind of making a wish on a shooting star, that kind of thing. But do you think that that has enough power to get things' attention, spirits' attention, or do you think that most of the time that's not the case? Not particularly, and that's not that's not me being pessimistic or boring. I just I don't see that fleeting moment. How much power does that actually have? Ben well, he had emotion, didn't he? He was he was very upset. Yeah, he was alone, and he directed that at a specific thing. Yeah, and do you, but do in, you think but that, in that happens in real life? <laughs> but in that situation, but that that requires in that moment that the blue fairy was looking in that direction, um, and was loud enough in thought for the blue fairy to have noticed. Yeah. Um, it appears that she comes from a star, but she's not necessarily coming from the star, is she? Um, no. It's a case the same way a shooting star isn't actually a star. Most of them are meteorites just burning through our atmosphere so it's, the question is you know unless you actually then picked up said meteorite and used that to uh, charge your power something then and maybe but the yeah. actual you... act of just watching something fall through the sky um is not necessarily going to have the energy but again you're going back on the attention intention is everything liam so push that port that thought well, I don't know. I wouldn't say intention's <laughs> everything. Intention's not everything, no. Um, despite what the New Agers like to push. But speaking of no, New Agers and that, do you think that we should make a, a blue fairy candle for people to give this a go? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the hoodoo lot do like those candles with the images on them, the prayer candles and the deity candles and that. I don't know if there is a blue fairy one that exists. Or whether we're the first to make it. I've never seen There's one. There's green fairy ones, isn't there? But I've never seen a blue fairy. Oh. No, I don't I don't think I've ever seen a blue fairy one. But then most people don't make those kind of petitions in the direction of the Fae because they're not particularly <laughs> uh, easy to make contracts no, I, with. I, I think we've so got to make one, though. Yeah. <laughs> Even, even if it just generates a tulper, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Where it just... It well, all, all that candle burning and focusing on it is no different than that goddess Saren that we all made at that moot that time. Yeah. The Welsh goddess Saren. Exactly. Well, like I said, it's an interesting point that you said before um, with the idea of creating, creating a deity. I suppose a lot of people... You know, particularly maybe on the Patreon, where they're still on their path learning, kind of probably haven't touched anything near that kind of level of work. But it yeah. has it has the potential. Like whether or not you'd choose, I'm not sure I'd necessarily choose a cut piece of wood in order to mm. produce that effect. Though um, I'd probably want the tree to still be living. To build enough energy for that to happen, or borrowing, you know, part of a forest, in order to actually. But again, that goes down a kind of animism kind of route of doing it 
the alternative of creating it from scratch, that is a hell of a lot of power required. Mm. And normally you would find that someone or something with that power isn't really going to be interested in making a companion. No. So they're probably some sort of trickster. <laughs> yeah. And um, which, no. go, which goes back to the changeling thought. But yeah, what were you going to say? I was going to say, you, you picked up earlier on the fact that obviously the um, naughty boys on Pleasure Island, I think it was, in Pinocchio, got transmuted and turned into donkeys. And then you picked up on Circe. Now, yeah. do you think that's a copy? I'd, I'd have thought so. There is that kind of... There's, I'm trying to balance the age of the story because it's mm. like I, I said to you before we started recording um you know this isn't one of the Grimm's fairy tales this is a very small uh, story that's kind of been stretched out in order to make Pinocchio as it was um so I don't know how much of that actually has real folklore behind which makes it more likely in the kind of time period that we're talking they're very the kind of neoclassicists uh, about would kind of go, oh, you know, that's kind of very, very Circe on her island, uh, turning Odysseus's um, shipmates in, into pigs um, is a story. Well, that's famous. That's an extremely um, famous story for a classical story. But then you also got the fact that the author clearly borrows things because you've got mm -hmm. that kind of whale thing so it wouldn't be a million miles away for him to think i've got to pad this book out a little bit what can i yeah. have them do to pinocchio now oh i know we'll just borrow that <laughs> yeah and obviously it was a comic series so i imagine they've kind of pulled several of them together in order to do it yeah um and like i say that kind of the jonah and the whale part is very is very borrowed from somewhere else um and, you know, I kind of wonder, the reason I kind of hesitated was more the, is it a, is there a part of it that making it into donkeys, is that more Midsummer Night's Dream Shakespeare kind of going on as well there? Where yeah, they're kind of Shakespeare borrowing just rip of off bits. all the classics anyway? Well, yeah, to a certain extent. <laughs> um, well, there is there is a story, I'm just trying to think which one, is it Midas that turns into a, into an ass? Well, anyway, they're all, it's a blend of a lot of cla uh, classic stories, Greek stories from there that kind of form form that moment. But I particularly like the Circe one, because obviously in, yeah. that, in that moment you're talking, you know, in some ways they would just refer to her as a witch. Others, most of them, she's referred to a, a sorceress or a, a, de a demigod um, on the basis that she's she's the child of Peleus. The sun god and some nymph whose name I never remember. Um, so you know there is that playful of the um, of the the muse or the or the um, um, what's the word I just used that I've now forgotten? Um, nymph, sorry, the mm. playfulness of the nymph that's then mixed with this kind of raw power of a sun god kind of situation you you know you're going to yeah. get some powerful sorceress out of that uh, and she just like to show her dominance over men like in that moment you in pinocchio it's dominance of um 
adults over children, isn't it? Where they're all being turned into, because they're naughty boys, they're all turned into asses. Um, and they're probably going to be, you know, cooked or sold into some kind of... Uh, maybe maybe they're all being sent off to the mines. Made into glue. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> you just had to go... <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you just said? <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I was thinking. I was thinking more being used as as donkey slaves for the uh, the dwarves in the in the uh, mine. Yeah, probably. And being sold off to lug carts around full of diamonds. I love those crossovers where they cross over like um, films and cartoons and stuff like that. Uh, um, that would be brilliant if they did a crossover or something like that, <laughs> where actually no one had actually noticed except for yeah. us this one time. But actually, all of these they do all kind of follow along. <laughs> so it's the yeah, because Snow Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, wasn't it? And that was the one that came immediately before. Yeah. So they probably... wouldn't it be funny that no one's noticed if no one noticed that all of the Disney. Um, all the Disney films and that are actually lead on from another, but they're yeah. actually going in opposite order. So yeah. unlike in American Horror Story, it's all kind of going in series order. <laughs> it's actually a bit more kind of like going backwards, and that's why no one's figured it. Oh, we'll have to look into this. We might have to. I'm sure it's not the case, but still, it'd be funny. I don't know. There's all those theories, aren't there, about who if Tarzan's child is actually, you know part of the family from frozen and or something weird like mm. that who you know there's a scene these are nerds with too much time yeah. on their hands though there's, it's like the harry potter nerds and uh yeah you've got to find new and exciting ways that uh, connect them up that actually have nothing to do with the original plan. they call them fan theories don't they yeah and i do like listening to some of them sometimes but i like listening to ones that it's things like Harry Potter and stuff like that, which I don't really know much about the stuff that's not in the books. I understand the book stuff, but then there's all the extra stuff that you don't really know about. Star Wars is another one of those things. Yeah, like well, they all speculate over stories and stuff, which I don't even know what the original stories are, but I still like listening to the speculations. Because the it's where they, these worlds have got so big that they have their own kind of... And, you know where they borrow parts of stories from one part to another you know yeah. because you know it's actually more about the laziness of the author rather than a master plan but at the same time you know particularly with the disney animations themselves because the amount of time that is spent in creating one they'd borrow scenes so like you know there would be the sketches where they're dancing in snow white are actually the animation scenes that are used in Robin Hood. So when right. they're dancing in the forest, all they've done is put um, animal faces on on all the dwarves as they're dancing um, and things like that. And there are uh, moments with other ones where I'm trying to think where, what they do with the Aristocats that goes over to one of the others, where they've literally borrowed the sketches because that way they can speed up the process of making the animation um you know very practical but at the same time like it just uh, it feeds into those fan theories doesn't it um because they've literally borrowed the sketches but but yeah we're off topic again what were we supposed to be talking about <laughs> wishing upon a star and deities and spirits that you can evoke and stuff 
Okay. Um, whether it would be on purpose or accidentally, because that's quite a big one. They always say, like in The Mummy, don't read from the book. Yeah. How much do you buy into the fact that you can accidentally summon spirits and deities as opposed to putting some effort into it? Unless something is reaching from the other side in order to be let out, uh, very little. Or unless so, they're already there. Yeah, like already there. <laughs> like, you know, opening the opening a bottle with a gin in, like that's the sort of accidental thing you could do that you didn't mean to do. But I do act, love a bottle of gin. You know, but in terms of actually wishing on a star and accidentally causing something like I don't know. I don't. I'm, I'm not very, very big on, you know, what do they call yeah. them? The rhubarb gin fairy. I evoke that one every now and then. Uh, and if there's plenty a bit of lemon around. Mm. Um. Well, we didn't talk about Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. Well, how do you feel that's about the that? Conscience. Though? Well, that's the conscience, isn't it? He was supposed to be the conscience. So, what is that? A spirit guide? I suppose. If you want to go down your... Uh... I mean, you hear about spirit guides. They've always got wolves and owls and that kind of thing. I haven't heard anyone mention a cricket before. I don't know. There's a there's a cricket in Mulan. Just I know it's another Disney one, but... It's another Disney one. Lucky, no, I mean all these, all, these, all these New Agers that are obsessed with like Native American cultures and spirit guides and totems and stuff like that. They're, they're always like, my spirit guide's a hawk. My spirit guide's a wolf. It's like, well, mine's a cricket. Yeah. <laughs> Although I've met a few with, like, Shetland ponies and things like that. Okay. Like, grown adults with these small, cute animals. Um, but, yeah, I've never come across anybody with insect ones. But, yeah, I kind of feel like there's that bit of, which is why I mentioned it, that kind of lucky cricket kind of stealing from... Um, kind of Japanese culture maybe going on there otherwise I don't really understand why it would be a cricket because particularly in kind of western culture I can't think off the top of my head of reasons for using well, that of all things they're noisy aren't they crickets I suppose I oh you I think it's going if... for personality personification well I think of it in terms of if you talk about crickets, if you wandered, if you got an everyday mundane person to wander into nature and they heard crickets, that makes them feel and reminds them that nature's alive. Yeah, I guess. And because there are quite a lot of animistic type things hidden within Pinocchio, I'm wondering whether it's one of those things that, because it's quite a subtle animal. Yeah. But it's still very present. And like I say, with this persi persistent noise, that kind of squeaky, squeaky, uh, or the, you know, the rubbing of the, the legs to create the chirp, that kind yeah. of constant noise. Which is your conscience, con essentially. Conscience yeah. trying to tell you that it's it's a bad idea, it's a bad idea, it's a bad idea. Um, yeah, I, I kind of get that. And I guess, you know, made of wood may involve maybe really should have been a woodlouse or <laughs> or a woodworm or a termite yeah. or a termite but whether or not people would have actually understood the connection i don't know yeah 
You're probably right. I get I get the murmuring noise. Makes sense. Well, I suppose the last thing that we should really talk about is Pleasure Island. Because Pleasure <laughs> Island is an amusement park where kids can do whatever they want. But it is essentially a trap. Yeah. Is there parallels between that and the New Age movement, do you think? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Do you think that's what Walt Disney was trying to say? <laughs> um, well, it's it's older than that, isn't it? So I, you can't. I don't think you can claim that too too well. Um, or do you but, think some uh, some some young guru, dodgy black magician, watched Pinocchio and thought, "I know what I want to do when I grow up, Pleasure <laughs> Island." Well, we can call it that, can we? I know what we'll call it: the New Age Movement. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because it's it's not very much that is it I suppose the new age movement still comes with it still comes with that consequence part doesn't it that kind of three you know even the the rest of it the focus on kind of the bastardized version of karma this western version of karma consequence um of you must you must be good or um, you'll be punished and I guess there you've even got that potential option of uh, with the conversion of naughty boys into animals kind yeah. of mirror kind of mirrors that kind of western idea of karma you mm. if you're naughty you regress you go yeah. into animal form you know how I feel about that because to me yeah. anim- animals are far more useful than we are. So surely, if you were going to progress upwards, well, it's a different type of experience, isn't it? You know, so yeah, so and a um, different level of power. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. How do you? How do you feel about that? Like that as a. Well, a, I just mentioned it because. Because I thought it was somewhat amusing, and you know I like to rip rip fun at the New Age movement whenever I get a chance. Well, I suppose, I suppose. But yeah, I, I just I don't know. There is that kind of there is that Western morality thing with the New Age, which never makes any sense to me. Um, because surely, if you believe that we are all able to manifest <laughs> uh, manifest whatever in life, then surely you would be manifesting a bit more than um you know the things they settle for you know yeah it's just the fact that it's a trap because if you think of scientology yeah and things like that it's like well they give you a cup they they advertise the fact that they can really help with your life and people that go and meet scientologists for the first time they teach you basic psychological techniques that do help but then after that, the, the, you drink the Kool-Aid. So there's an advert and a promise of something. And then when you're there, that's it, it's too late. It's like the child catcher from... Um, Chitty Bang oh, Bang. Chitty Bang Bang, yeah. It's like lollipops and all free today. Yeah. And then they get in and then they're locked up. So it's like people fall for things. And that happens a lot, I find, in the occult world, particularly when it comes to teachers. We know a certain one that's going on at the moment, I think. Yeah, that idea of, hey, I'll come over here, well, I'll help you do whatever you want to do. Uh, whereas actually... You don't realise what you're signing up for. Yeah, no, definitely. I get exactly what you mean there. 
I just yeah, it's 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 one of it's one of those where it's false profit again, isn't it? Yeah, but there's a difference between an idiot trying to help someone and someone that knows the truth and knows better trying to manipulate someone. Yeah. And on that somewhat sinister <laughs> thought, I will leave it there, I think. I think we should probably leave it there because my phone's going to die in a minute. Oh, okay. No, that's probably safer. <laughs> and we're we almost at an hour anyway. We're almost okay. at an hour. I don't want to keep blabbing. No, because but... we, we've gone off the topic enough times in this episode. Yeah. Maybe we should. Okay. Yeah, the only thing I will say, obviously, listeners on the Patreon, if there is a subject that you would like us to cover on a No Holds Barred Witchcraft podcast, then why don't you send us a message and say, Liam and Chris, have you thought about covering this? Or, if you want to be um, slightly more funny about it, and you want to make us laugh, why don't, instead of telling us what you want to do, you want us to do a podcast on why don't you just come up with a podcast episode name and we'll see what we can do <laughs> see what it. we can come up with it yeah i like the that. only thing is that you won't be able to have lots of swearing and stuff like that and because of course that goes on to apple and itunes and all that kind of thing and spotify so we can't have any really 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 rude titles so you're gonna have to be clever with your titles but I'm sure you've seen enough of our episode titles by now to know that you never quite know what you're getting. <laughs> so if you do come up with an interesting title, then let us know. Definitely. I like that idea. It's a caption this challenge. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. That's us over and out. <laughs>